0: From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Kahn with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss.
1: It's a little over a year ago that I resigned from my C-suite position in a global role, but I had a plan and that plan involved a full year of just setting the groundwork.
0: Today, on episode 18 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Tabitha Laser. Tabitha started her consulting business twice. Because her first transition from job to business wasn't achieving her objectives fast enough, Tabitha went back to employment. With over 25 years of leadership experience in a wide variety of industries, ranging from oil and gas, energy, manufacturing, agriculture construction, and many more, Tabitha was able to relaunch her business. In this episode, Tabitha walks us through the plans she is implementing now in her second transition from employment to entrepreneurship. You can find out more about Tabitha and all of our episodes at smashingtheplateau.com slash going solo. If you're trying to build your own business after a late career job loss, and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Now let's welcome Tabitha Laser. Tabitha is a multifaceted professional with over 25 years of leadership experience in a wide variety of industries ranging from oil and gas, energy, manufacturing, agriculture, construction, and many more. Her diverse background has provided her with numerous opportunities to work with government agencies and some of the world's largest companies, including Fortune 500 companies like BP, 3M, and General Mills. Tabitha, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, David.
0: Tabitha, I'd love to start off with um, maybe a little bit of background about how you went from, uh, corporate experience, particularly with some big companies to doing your own thing as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, right out of the gate, I, I wanted to graduate from college and make a lot of money, right. <laughs> and then i to be successful and went to work for 3M and, uh, learned a lot of good lessons there and continued to work for other organizations, And early on, I hit a couple walls ethically to where I didn't feel like my vision and values aligned with two of the organizations I was in. One, I left and I'm like, I just, I'm not in the right place. You know, I can't help you. You don't want to be helped. And so I went to another and was put in an ethical situation where I was like, man, if this keeps happening. I'd just be better off working for myself (laughs) and I can make a difference. And at that point in time, I actually took my first stab at consulting and said, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a consultant. And, you know, I was really young at the time and I went out and I really enjoyed it and thought I was doing everything right. Didn't have a clue what I was doing and made a lot of mistakes along the way to the point where I had to go back into the working world of corporate and continued to learn. And I did learn not to put myself in those ethical situations again. And I actually started interviewing the people that were interviewing me to make sure, you know, okay, I'm going to make protect myself here. And uh, went out and built and fixed management systems and really enjoyed it. But I started, not ethical for me, but I started seeing corporations and companies, big and small, making the same mistakes over and over. And, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I've learned so much now. I think I'm going to try it again. And this time I'm going to go out instead of wanting to just be a consultant, I'm going to go out with a mission to make the world a better place and help others learn the lessons that I learned along the way. I guess that's why you have me here today, right? To share some of those lessons. But this go round, it's going much better. Um, I went in with a plan, I'm sticking to the plan, I've defined my expectations, I, I know where I wanna go and and it's a much better experience the second time around.
0: <laughs> yeah, so what are some of the elements that you, that you have included in your plan this time around, Tabitha?
1: Yeah, so this time in my plan, I made sure to identify the resources I would need for success. So acknowledging what I can't do. maybe I could do, but not well, right? So right up front, I went, okay, what did I mess up on the first time? And part of that was the whole financial, taxes, all of that. I I didn't understand it. I still struggle with it. And so identifying a part-time CFO early on, that was one of my first steps was somebody who could partner with me, but not you know, I didn't have to pay them full time, but they come in and give me advice on how do you set up the, or- the company? How do you, um, what do you do to file taxes? What do you need to keep? What should you spend money on and not to keep the balance so I don't get myself in a hole? And he kind of, you know, we check in with each other regularly and just make sure I'm going in the right direction. And, and uh, he helped make sure I got financing. So as big jobs came in, I didn't have a lot of money in the bank, right? So help help me get small business financing to offset the costs of running the business and delivering work until I get paid, which for a lot of companies, they have a net 60 after invoicing, which, whew, you know, you could be waiting for months to get paid. So that was very important to have that financial bit set up. Also, identifying, again, what my definition of success was and my mission, vision, and values for the organization. So as opportunities came up, if it didn't align or wasn't looking like it was going to be a good fit, I didn't take on jobs that would lose or cost me, right? I, I knew where I wanted to go, and I'm not out there like taking the shotgun approach. to shoot out there and see what sticks. I'm I'm really trying to stay on the path and work with those that align with where I'm going.
0: Mm. So, who is your ideal client?
1: So, my target market is future leaders, right? So, developing better leaders so they they feel valued and they stick around. So, my clients, honestly, are leaders of the organizations who want to identify where maybe they have gaps in their ability to retain. The new joiners or the high potential leaders, especially the millennial group, with them being made up of fifty percent of the workforce. Mind you, this could be a small company. This could be a plumbing company, right? That's hiring people and having trouble keeping them. In fact, a lot of my clients are the smaller businesses that just need, you know, a quick gap assessment to say, "What are we doing wrong? Why can't we retain this talent?" And then the other the other piece for that leadership team is, you know, they're busy. Big data and Fast-moving growth makes it hard to really give those personal touch points to employees anymore that we used to get, you and I, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the day. So I set up uh, workshops where I guide their employees through what I call the deadly practices, right? The things that could kill your ability to succeed and you don't even know it. But we set up workshops to go through my book organization culture killers and go through it section by section so that their new joiners and high potential leaders can get engaged in a project that helps the organization and also deliver, you know, deliver some success for them but it also helps the new joiners feel and the new leaders and the young leaders feel valued so they don't want to leave an organization that's investing them It doesn't take a lot of money or time. It's more the personal one touch, you know, the personal touches. Right. So it's kind of uh, an extension to them being there. And that's really been the ideal client, right? Is is whether it's a large organization or small, just ones who want to retain their employees and make their employees feel valued, yet get the biggest bang for their buck, the return on investment for their time.
0: And Tabitha, how long has it been since... You've started this business the second time around. Like how long have you been at it?
1: Ah, so it was a little over a year ago that I resigned from my C-suite position in a global role. But I, again, had a plan. And that plan involved a full year of just setting the groundwork. I had to write the first book. I have multiple books in the series, so I have them all outlined and I have a plan for how often they'll be released. And doing everything that way. So I had savings, you know, living off my 401k and savings uh, set aside to make sure I had enough to get through. And if little jobs came in here and there, you know, that would offset it. But really, I I went in with that plan to have a year of just setting the groundwork and and putting in place the things that were needed for success. Mm -hmm. And now that that first book's out and I've got pretty much the foundation laid now I'm building, I'm building the business. And, you know, the book came out in March. Uh, so far, I've had tremendous success, not only financially for myself, but also in sharing my message and helping impact a more positive future. It's really getting the word out and people are joining the journey, you know? So I really, it's only been a little over a year, but I think I've come a long way in a short period of time.
0: Yeah. Wow. So am I right in? In understanding that you set out to to not make any income the first year, correct, correct. Okay, that, I think that's that's important for people to hear, because uh, very often, especially people who've been in in a corporate job for a long time, they're used to the paycheck coming in every payday, and mm-hmm. and they think, well, I can do this better on my own, or I will have more freedom if I do this on my own you know, the fact that you learning from the first time around, you intentionally created a plan where you weren't going to make any money for 12 months, um, I think is a big deal for people to to really understand, grab hold of.
1: Yeah. It, and it's not just not making money. I'm paying out a lot of money, right? I'm paying for the resources to help get things set up. And then even this second year plan, even though the company the companies, right? Right. I've got TA Laser Consulting and TAL Publishing. But even though the companies are starting to make money, I don't pay myself. Right. I have that in the plan. So I have the two-year plan of no pay to me, but that doesn't mean no income coming in because I want to get to a point where at least I'm cost positive Mm -hmm. or cost neutral, as you call it, so that I don't want to pay myself and take money out of the organization that needs to be invested to continue to grow until it makes sense to do so. It's really important for anybody getting into an entrepreneurial role, especially if they're starting their own business, to go in with that mindset. Whether you need to take out a loan, a small business loan to get it started, rely on family and friends, have a good savings nest egg put aside, if you go out like I did the first time without that, you know, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll just, you know, use credit cards and then I'll write it off at the end of the year and I'm going to do all this and Oh, gosh, that about killed me. I ended up having to go into a plan to pay off the credit card debt when I learned that, guess what? When you pay for your business stuff, when you don't put money into taxes, at the end of the year when you file your taxes, sure, you have all these write-offs. But you don't get any money back if you didn't put anything in. (laughs) Correct. That was a huge learning. I didn't know that. I thought it was just, you know, I paid the money, the government will pay me back what I spent. No. (laughs) So, you know, understanding the financial bit in the plan and how long it's going to take you to get where you want to be. And then having the guts to say, okay, I did my plan, I did it all, and it's not working, to say, okay. I need to change my approach or maybe this isn't right for me. It's hard, but it has to be done sometimes.
0: Yeah. So on the second time round, on day one, when you when you launched, how did it feel the first, first day that you were spending full time running your own business versus working for, for somebody else?
1: Yeah. So I think it's like a honeymoon period. So the first probably month, first day, first month, I was so excited, right? I am going to write a book in a month, and we're going to get the message out, and things are going to be great. And I knew there was a long-term plan before, you know, any money'd be coming in. But I was just really motivated and excited. And then the like the <laughs> the the clouds came, and you start going, "Oh, am I doing the right thing?" You know, when the bills start coming in the first time, and you not you don't have a paycheck, that's when it hits. It's like ah, oh, I know I have no money and I'm not making any. And it it is a big stress, right? right it's right. that first hit where the honeymoon period's over and you, you've got to really dig in. And for me, I, I, I hit a complete writer's block. I was working on the book. And when that hit, I was excited about what I wanted to do. But it just, it put me in this tailspin to where, oh my gosh, did I make a bad decision? Is this going to work this time? And I started to second guess my decision. And if I can if I can give any advice to that is if you get in that rut where you start second guessing what you're doing, but you have a good plan and people around you maybe are saying, You're crazy. What are you doing? Go back and get a job, you know, go, you're not this isn't gonna work. If you start getting that, which can happen, right? Reach out to others who are in similar or have been in similar positions for mentorship. And that's what I did. I started setting up the interviews to help me with the book because I was in a rut. And as I talked to more and more people, they re-energized me. You're on the right path. This is great. This, the world needs this. You know, you need to do this. I reached out to um, writers to help help me clear my writer's block. Don't give up when people start questioning your decisions. Dig your heels in and go find others who can mentally support you through the transition and also give you some guidance on hey maybe like myself you know what what have i learned that i can share others have things that they've learned along the way that they can share and really build your network your support network up so that you can keep going and once i got that second burst of energy there was no stopping me right but there was that period where i questioned Is this right? Am I going to be able to feed my family? Are we going to be living in a cardboard box? You know, am I doing the right thing?
0: Yeah. Especially if people who are close to you are saying, Tabitha, what are you doing? Are you crazy?
1: Yes. Yes. And you'll get it. I can say that a very close member of my family did that specifically because they were used to a, a solid and consistent income coming in. And all of a sudden we were having to cut our budget, you know, and not go out as much and not buy as much. And, uh, that individual never did support it, and that individual is no longer a part of the decision <laughs> process. But, you know, I had to, we had to come to that decision together, but you really need to surround yourself with the positive people that support what you want to do, or you're, you likely will not succeed.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the building of the network a little bit, mm-hmm. because that is so important to be surrounded with by the right kind of people who can energize you. What are some of the steps that you took that worked really well to build a network of the right kinds of people? How did you find them? How did you nurture them? How did you engage with them, et cetera?
1: Yeah. So some of them are just social media. Like I tried early on to do a GoFundMe campaign that failed horribly because, yeah, GoFundMe to write a book. (laughs) Nobody's going to do that. Everybody's writing books these days. So, you know, I tried that, but that, really connected with everybody on like my Facebook and my personal friends and the people had emails for to let them know I was on a new path. And a lot of them reached back out saying, this is great what you're doing. You know, we really support you. Let us know if we can help. So the GoFundMe thing was kind of a first approach. Uh, Then I really started communicating more on LinkedIn, letting folks know what I was doing. And the big thing I did, again, I was writing a book. But I reached out to folks on LinkedIn and other social media platforms and my other connections from past lives and said, hey, you know, I'm working on this. I'd love to learn from you. Would you be willing to talk for 30 minutes and share your learnings? And just reaching out one-on-one, not blast emails, junk emails, spam emails, but reaching out one-on-one to folks and putting your heart out there saying, this is what I'm trying to do. Would you be willing to speak with me, especially if they're in a similar field? So I reached out to authors. I was reading; I read over a hundred business books to make sure I didn't I didn't state stuff that was completely counterintuitive to what I wanted to do. But at the same point, I wanted my books to be a collection of the best, you know, from all. And I was picking little bits, and I actually reached out to the authors. Of a lot of the books I read and said, Hey, I really like this. Would you mind talking to me for a few minutes and sharing me your thoughts, you know, going through it a little bit more? And you'd be surprised how many of them responded back. I mean, I was mentored by huge authors, keynote speakers, business owners that responded. We all have this want to help, and we don't always know how. So sometimes it's just a matter of asking. And uh, in addition to the LinkedIn and the others, I also, I go to conferences. I'm a president of the Gulf Coast chapter of ASSP, the American Society of Safety Professionals. And at those meetings, I was honest with people. Here's what I'm doing. You know, at a lot of the conferences, people would come up and say, this is great. I want to help you. You know, let's talk. And I've had some tremendous mentorship and support, just mental support along the process from these folks and they come find me, you know, when I go to other conferences, how's it going? I want to hear, you know, and uh, and they're spreading the message of what I'm doing with others. So there's so many with the internet now and, and things, there's so many ways to connect with others. And uh, I guess another one would be, I set up my website and mind you, I built it myself using Wix and I love it and I continue to change it, (laughs) but that's been a good place for me to put about me information. So if I am reaching out to somebody who doesn't know me, I can send them a link to it and say, here, you know, check this out. If you are interested in talking that way, they know about me and what I'm trying to do. Uh, That's really important, I think.
0: Yeah. And you're you're pointing to some key issues, which are um, you don't necessarily have to invest a lot of money in infrastructure like creating your own website just to have some content that you can share is great to start. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a website necessarily.
1: Nope, no, no, not at all. Not nowadays. Nope. (laughs) I get comments about my website being one of the best people see And, you know, it it was, I like to think, yeah, I'm really smart and I know how to build a website, but really I just used the tools Wix had and looked at other people's websites to see what worked and what didn't and kind of just incorporated it, so...
0: Right. And you can always, like you said, you can always change it.
1: Yes, exactly. Especially when I own it. That's why I started a publishing company too, was because I wanted to make sure my message was my message. I always, like I said, I identify what I can do and what I can't. And I outsource or resource the things I can't or don't want to do. But there's certain things you, that's another good learning, right? Don't outsource everything, especially if it's something that's really important to you, because there's a high likelihood they'll either take control of the content. They won't they won't say things the way you want them said, and if you do outsource it, make sure you review stuff and make sure it's your voice that's coming out, not somebody else's. The last thing you want to do is commit to deliver something and it's not something you deliver because you outsource the advertising campaign.
0: Right. That that's also another important point, which is one way to look at outsourcing is things that you don't have the skill set for are prime areas where you can outsource. But if it's something that's important to you, then maybe you're better off learning how to do it and doing it yourself. Yes. I love that. Yeah, another thing that you mentioned that I think is actually is is pretty fundamental, this whole idea about being public about what you're doing. It strikes me that you're um, allowing yourself to be vulnerable at the same time, which could be quite scary for people.
1: Right. Yeah. I've learned that. The hard way. I used to be called like a taskmaster or always right, especially in the female zone. Right? We get that instead of you know innovative, you are you know always right. Instead of a leader, you're bossy. You know. But I learned early on that the more honest and upfront and clear and transparent you are with folks, it, they may not like it initially, but it they interpret it and go, wait a minute, at least she's being honest. And it also takes down those walls like, oh, why is she so bossy? Oh, she's not bossy. She's just really super passionate about this thing. (laughs) You know, those type, just being transparent is very helpful up front.
0: Yeah, and then people know what you stand for. Yes, exactly. So speaking of what you stand for, do you want to just recap again, like what's the core problem that your business solves?
1: Yeah, the core problem we solve is, developing better leaders and value for those leaders. So they stick around and they don't feel like they constantly have to move and they're actually engaging and adding value to the bottom line. So ultimately you're more profitable, less turnover, better performance, more profitable and sustainable.
0: Right. So it's a win all all the way around, a win for the the individuals who are being trained and developed, and a win for the company as well as a win for the company's customers.
1: Yep, I call it the winning trifecta.
0: <laughs> okay, I didn't even realize that. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I just heard that in your message. Tabitha, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything you've shared today or learn more, where would they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so they can go to my website. It's T A Laser L A S e r not z dot com, and you can contact me through it, or if you're interested in joining the journey, you can do that as well. Learn more about it there. And if you're really into it and want to commit to better, they can go on the website, go to the journey and do the leadership commitment to commit to better. And you'll get a free copy of my ebook so you can learn what deadly practices are and really learn about the journey. And it'll set up a call with me for 30 minutes to talk about how you can personally make an impact, whether in your personal life or your work life, to have more success in the future.
0: Sounds great. Well, Tabitha, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share your insights. My guest today has been Tabitha Laser, CEO, author, coach, and speaker. Thank you again, Tabitha, for joining us.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing from your listeners.
0: When you visit the Going Solo website at SmashingThePlateau.com slash Going Solo, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today we learned how Tabitha launched her consulting business a second time after a 25-year corporate career and much more. If you're trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, Sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsolonow.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.